Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Welcome to Hidden Gems, a special series of the 3 and 30 podcast. I'm Rachel, and I often talk about uncovering the magic and finding the flecks of gold in our motherhood. Well, our library of almost 300 podcast episodes is a treasure trove of information and inspiration, but it might feel intimidating to sort through it all and find the hidden gem that you need right now within your mothering journey. So as part of this new series, each Thursday in April and May, I'm going to uncover a hidden gem from our podcast archives for you. Typically, these episodes will consist of one takeaway from one of my favorite previous episodes of the show, but today is a bit different. Today, I want to share with you a hidden gem of something that I recorded as an Instagram Live a few months ago. You may have missed it if you're not on Instagram very often or at all. For this Instagram Live, the tables were turned and I was interviewed by my dear friend Andrea Davis, who's the founder of Better Screen Time. You may recognize her name because she was the guest in our full episode on Monday about when to give your child their first cell phone. In this Instagram Live, Andrea and I talk about how our own phone use as mothers is so important as we try to model for our kids how to have a healthy relationship with technology. This can be a guilt-ridden topic, and I am far from perfect at modeling the best screen time behaviors for my kids, but it's something I think about and work on all the time. And I hope this honest conversation with Andrea will give you some ideas as you navigate this for yourself and within your own home. We are truly all in this together. And before I share that Instagram Live, I do want to remind you that Andrea's online course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family, is on sale right now for 20% off, and you can get an additional 10% off if you use my affiliate code 3in30. In this course, Andrea walks you through step-by-step how to reduce screen time, restore family time, and raise kids who thrive. So if this episode leaves you wanting more information about how to manage your own screen time as well as your children's, head over to 3in30podcast.com tech and use the code 3in30 for an additional 10% off. That's 3in30podcast.com tech. Okay, here's my conversation with Andrea. Hey friends, we're going live with my friend Rachel Nilsson of 3in30 Podcast. Rachel is coming on to share with us three lessons that she learned from a year of picking up her phone less. And I'm super excited to talk to her. Rachel, you mentioned a couple of times on Instagram that your goal for this last year for 2022 is to spend less time on your phone. And I really pay attention to things like that because this is something I talk about a lot. And I thought, I love this because I know as a 
mom and as a business owner, this is a really big commitment and a hard thing to do. And I feel like I did notice perhaps that maybe you weren't on Instagram as much. And I know that feeling of making that decision and being deliberate and it, it's, it's hard, but from what I'm hearing that it was so worth it for you. And so today we're going to flip the script a little bit and we're asking Rachel to share her three takeaways of what she learned from basically picking up her phone less. So Rachel, what is your first takeaway from what you've learned last year? Yeah. So before I get to my takeaway, last year I decided I was just going to set one New Year's resolution. Oh. Instead of having a big list of goals, which I generally do, I was like, what is one thing that might have a domino effect on everything else? It might be the one thing that if I do it, I don't have to make all of these other New Year's resolutions because this thing might have the big impact on everything else. And what immediately came to mind was my phone use. And if I was on my phone less, would it bless all these other areas of my life? Mm. And so I just decided to do that as an experiment. And I do think I spent much less time on my phone, particularly much less time on Instagram than I had in the years prior. Was I perfect at it? No. I wish I could say that I became this total like guru of figuring this out. I think I learned some lessons, though I'm still not perfect at it. I do think it improved lots of different areas of my life. And I'm happy to share the three major things as I sat down and I looked back that I noticed were different when I was actively being better about not being on my phone so much. So yeah, well, I just want to really quickly I love that you said you know admitting and saying I wasn't perfect and even me because I, reading all the research and spending a lot of time at this it's ironic how much more time I have to spend on a screen running this and trying to share this message and so I consistently have to work at it and I don't think it's anything that anyone has figured out so yeah thanks for that so everybody can like feel at ease like you're yeah. amongst friends here so because I feel like especially like a goal over the course of a year, it's like I would do really well for a month. And then like, slowly, you think I've got it. So I can like, stop taking Instagram off my phone. Because one of the things that I need to do in order to not spend a lot of time on social media is I cannot have the app on my phone at all. I have yeah. to take it off and then reinstall it when I consciously want to get on and do some work or share something and then erase it again. And just that extra step makes it so that I'm not constantly checking. So after about a month or six weeks of that, I think like, oh, I've broken my habit. So I can have Instagram on my phone again and I won't be addicted to it. And sure enough, within a few weeks, I'm back to checking it all the yeah. time. So I have to go back to taking it off my phone. So it's an ebb and a flow, but these are three things that I did notice that from my year of trying really hard to not be on my phone so much. Love it. So my first takeaway is that my anxiety is way better when I'm not on social media as much. And I have diagnosed anxiety that I've dealt with my whole life. And I have found that I notice a marked difference in my anxiety symptoms when I am like full on in social media a lot of the time and a lot of the day. And as I thought about that, I thought, well, why is that? I think we worry about anxiety and mental health struggles with teens who are on social media, but we don't talk about it as much with adults. And so I think that what we typically think about with teenagers is like 
their anxiety is caused because they're seeing all of these images of like the ideal. And so like our teen girls, of course, their anxiety is spiking because they're comparing their bodies and their beauty and everything to these impossible airbrushed models, whatever. And they're also seeing all the fun things that their friends are doing that they're maybe not invited to. So their anxiety is increasing that way. So we talk about that a lot with teens. As an adult, I don't struggle as much with those things as maybe a teenage girl would. Mm -hmm. I'm not as likely to like follow and compare myself to other people. I've gotten really good at like unfollowing accounts that make me feel bad about myself, things like that. But even having carefully curated my feed, I find that my anxiety is higher when I'm on social media a lot, not necessarily even because of the content I'm consuming, but mm. because of the actual pace of social media. Mm. And like the human brain was not evolutionarily developed or wired to take in that much information at that speed. Yeah. And so this constant stream, this scroll of like a picture, a caption, a reel, all these different topics, like all in a row, you know, it's just, of course it heightens your nervous system and makes your brain feel like a little buzzy and fuzzy we're not meant to consume information like that, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I find like my physiology is heightened when I spend a lot of time with that fast paced, consuming so much information about so many different topics in rapid fire. And I need yeah. to just like consume information more slowly in order for my anxiety to stay level. Mm. So that's one thing that I noticed. Yeah. One of the things I love about that is just that you're in tune and you're self-aware of what you need and you know yourself. And I think that is one of the benefits of being an adult compared to teenagers is by this point, you know, like I have anxiety and so I need to take special care of this part of my life so that it doesn't run and bleed into other parts of my life and basically ruin things, right? So I love that. I think that self-awareness is so key and social media can affect all of us differently. And I think that's the important thing to remember is your friend might be like, oh, I can just leave it whenever I want to, or I never feel bad when I'm on it. And for other people, it feels very differently where they are comparing or they are getting sucked in, feeling anxious. So I love that. And I feel like I use Instagram a lot as a learning and educational resource. And mm. I follow a lot of accounts that give really wonderful information, but about hard topics. Mm. And I have found that that heightens my anxiety to learn about hard topics in such a quick, like it's meant to be dramatic. It's meant to get a reaction that doesn't mean that I disengage from learning about those topics, but I have found for me that I need to do that like by sitting down and reading a book about the topic mm -hmm. or an article or listening to a longer form podcast about the topic versus watching a 30 to 60 second reel that's meant to get an emotional reaction out of you about something that's really controversial or really personal. And you start reading the comment section and you lose faith in humanity really fast because the comment sections are sometimes so negative. And then I spiral and my anxiety is even worse. So I have learned that if I want to learn about, you know, racism, LGBTQ topics, faith crisis, like all these things that I do care a lot about learning about, 
Instagram isn't always the best way for me to learn about those things with my anxiety. Or I've gotten really careful about the creators who I do follow that talk about those harder topics because there are some that are not just putting something out controversial for the clicks. They're yeah. really doing good, solid education on yeah. this app, but I've had to sort through who those people are that I want to really learn from. And one of my favorite sayings is stop collecting gurus. Uh, I love that. Like you don't need to follow 10 accounts that are all gurus on this topic. Like choose a couple of your gurus that you really trust in these areas and just follow those instead of this fire hose of information that's too much for you to really be able to take in in an emotionally healthy way. Yeah, that's so good. That's so smart. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Drawers Co. Drawers makes comfortable underwear for kids that are color-coded by size so moms and kids easily know whose underwear is whose. This brilliant idea came from Lisa Anderson, a personal friend of mine and a mom to four boys and one girl. You can probably imagine the headache it was sorting laundry for her three boys who are close in age. She launched Drawers Co. with the vision of providing a colorful way to stay organized and keep kids happy with quality, comfy, and lasting clothes. No need to worry about scratchy tags or sizing labels that rub off in the wash and make it so that you can't figure out whose underwear is whose. The way it works is that Drawers Co. underwear bands are color-coded by size, so moms can sort easily and quickly by color for their child. And stay tuned because socks with the same color system are coming soon. 3in30 listeners can get 15% off their order by using code 3in30. That's 15% off your order by using code 3in30 at drawersco.net. Okay, tell us your second takeaway. So my second takeaway is that I do need mindless escapes. So I had thought that when I took social media off my phone, I was like, I'm going to be the most productive person in the world <laughs> without social media. Like that's the only, you know, and what was interesting to me was that I found that I still reached for my phone and checked other things. Like I had been putting all the blame on social media, but when I didn't have it on my phone, I was like, oh, I'm going to like check my podcast rankings, like read my podcast reviews. <laughs> what else like, can I do on here? Other things, like I'm, I'm going to read a news headline. And I realize my brain actually does need a mindless escape. And when you're working hard and you're depleted, you actually need a hit of dopamine sometimes. And like we automatically reach for the phone to do that. And it was interesting for me to take social media off and to see that I still was reaching for the phone for that. And trying to figure out like, what can I substitute so I can give myself mindless escapes and breaks, but not necessarily have it be related to my phone. So I like tried to make books more available. I love to read. Mm -hmm. So I would just like give myself permission to go lay on my bed. And instead of scrolling, read my book that was right there or call my sister or something instead of saying like, it's never okay to take that break and lay on your bed. We all need those breaks yeah. but we get to choose whether we use our phone during those breaks or we do something else during those breaks and I found I was still wasting a lot of time checking other random things on my phone and I had to consciously say I don't need my phone to get the dopamine that I want right now mm -hmm. I can do it in another way that's actually more long-term fulfilling for me mm, I love that you know I was just doing a podcast interview this morning and we were talking more about like kids 
But I was just realizing that I think even like introverts can kind of play into this where we kind of tend to, at least myself, I, I consider myself an introvert, but I tend to kind of pull in to want to recharge. And I feel like even with kids who are maybe more introverted, they tend to want to gravitate towards a screen because you can kind of isolate yourself and you don't have to interact with anyone. Mm -hmm. And it can feel like you're filling that cup when in reality, depending on what we're doing on the screen, obviously it can be not really what we need. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're saying is you need something. And so quite often the phone would fill that gap, but is it really fulfilling that need that you have to escape and being mindful of what that is? So that's so good. Yeah. And I feel like I'm sometimes somebody who an all or nothing thinker where I'll think like, well, what's the point if I can only read two or three pages of this book and I can't like get really into it, then what's the point? And I had to sort of rewire that and think it's fine to just read two or three pages of a book at a time rather than, you know, we think social media is just the only like quick thing we can do, but you can do anything that you enjoy in a quick short session. It's still worthwhile to get a couple pages in and then go back to your work or whatever else you were doing before you needed that little break. Yeah, I can identify with that so much. Because yeah, you're reading a novel and you think, no, I need like a good hour to actually really enjoy or appreciate it. But yeah, that's so important to remember that what really is going to replenish you and give you that energy or whatever it is that you're seeking that rest and calm. And then my third, are you ready for yeah. my third? Yeah, let's okay. hear it. So my third takeaway is that I have to be willing to accept trade-offs. And let me explain a little bit of what I mean by that. So when I decided to step back from social media, I was afraid that it would negatively impact my business, my podcast. I use a lot of my social media to point people to my episodes. And so my biggest fear was like, if I step back, then is that going to negatively affect my business? Now, I would like to tell you, like, I stepped back and it didn't. My business soared, you know? <laughs> But that's actually not what happened. Yeah. I stepped back and I think it did negatively impact my business. Yeah. Last year, my downloads were down some on my podcast and my following on Instagram didn't really grow because I wasn't here a lot. Yeah. But here's the key. I was happier and more secure in my like attachments to my family. I was less stressed out. And that trade-off was worth it to me. And so I think sometimes we hear like, you know, this like fairy tale version of like, you won't miss out on anything. And like, you'll still continue to get all the perks, but without using the tool. Uh -huh. And I'm like, that isn't always true. Sometimes you have to accept the trade-off and you have to say, maybe this will mean that my business doesn't grow as fast. Maybe this will mean that I'm not as connected to what my friends in other parts of the country are doing because I'm not seeing all of their updates. Maybe this does mean that I will miss out on an occasional really great post by a parenting expert that I admire. And that's okay because the trade-off is more valuable and more important to me. So you have to kind of weigh that and figure out and be willing to like miss out on some stuff because what's happening in your real life is more important to you than what might be happening if you were trying to be all the things and be in all the places, including digital places all the time. 
And so I do feel like now that I've taken this year away, I mean, I wasn't completely away, but I went from posting probably five posts a week about my episodes varying. I would do different like applications of the episode and things like that to just posting twice a week last year. Which is a lot. Like that's a big a big change. I'd say that I was very, very, very active on social media before last year. And now I'm just like moderately active. I feel like after taking a year away, I'm now able to like re-engage and think, okay, I do want to use this tool to build my business. How can I do it in a way that I can sustain this piece that I found and still build my business and it's possible you know but like i needed that break to sort of figure it out and for me that might be like i might hire someone to help with the social media aspect of my business so that it's not all me if you're somebody that doesn't have a business but you're worried about like how do i keep in touch with my friends that are in other parts of the country if i'm off of social media take some time away see if you even miss it if, yeah. you, if you do miss it and you do want to stay in touch with them, then maybe you come up with some plan of like on Sundays, I will get on and I'll have a list of the people that I want to go to their feed and check and read what they've been up to and comment. So maybe on Sundays, I'm spending a dedicated hour or two going through and checking and commenting and getting back in touch. And then the rest of the week, I have it off my phone. So you can figure out like, what is it that I value with this tool and how can I make it work with the piece that I found. And while also being willing to accept that there may be some trade-offs if you're not as active on social media or with your phone in general, and that that's okay if you like your overarching quality of life is better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you just have to accept that there will be trade-offs. There, there just will be. And I know for me, I always kind of have this dilemma where I am trying to get people off their phones, but I'm also here trying to engage people and teach them, exactly. right? Exactly. And I actually I had to do just a little bit of thought work and I have a little post-it note that's right here by my desk and it says, IG is your classroom. And again, like I know you and I both have been teachers before and I don't think of myself as an influencer, I think of myself as a teacher. And so if I come here with the mindset that like, I'm coming here to teach and these are my students, that helps me. And also like as a teacher, there's times when I'm off limits and there are hours when I'm away, right? Yeah, like, you don't live in your classroom. Don't live in your classroom. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to live in social media. And I, I know like everyone here watching, you're not necessarily running a business. So I love the thoughts that you shared, Rachel, just about what is it that you're coming here for and when can you come here for that and when can you walk away And I also can relate to what you're saying about stepping away. One summer, I stepped away for two months off of Instagram. I would like nothing. I had no one running anything for me. But I had such a glorious two months of summer with my kids. And it does impact your business. It does, you know, impact things. But it's again, it's like getting really clear on what you're wanting. And yeah, that time with your family, obviously. But we're here for a purpose, using social media for a purpose. And I think that really helps too, to be yeah. clear. And I feel like I've tried to take more of an abundance mentality around like, my business will grow in the way it needs to, while also being the mom that I want to be, you know, yeah. like, I choose to believe that, like, 
maybe I'll, I won't like have this grow in Instagram followers, but maybe I'll grow in podcast listeners in some other way or whatever, because I just try to believe like good things come to those that are trying to live their values and put good out into the world. And so I'm not going to come from scarcity and make a decision that's going to negatively impact the quality of my life and my family, because I believe that's the only way to achieve something. Sometimes you got to kind of do things a little bit differently, a little bit counterculturally and mm-hmm. let it go. And you'll feel the FOMO. You'll yes. feel the, like you'll see the other accounts growing or whatever, yeah. and you'll feel it. Yeah. You just have to remind yourself, my business or my life is growing at the pace that it's supposed to. And as long as I'm really staying aligned with my values and trying to put good into the world, like it's going to be okay. Totally. I love that. I do want to point everybody that's listening. Rachel did a great podcast episode about basically having a healthy relationship with social media. And I actually remember listening to that while I was out on a walk and just like cheering you on to see you go, Rachel, because again, it can be so hard because we all want to be here. We want to be interacting. We want to connect. And there's so many positive aspects of it. We're learning but again, it can quickly take over your life really easily. Yeah. It's episode 139, three steps to finding a happy balance with social media. Yeah. So if you go and you find three and 30 takeaways for moms in a podcast feed and you scroll down to episode 139, which will be a ways back now, but just keep going until you see it 139. Cause I really don't want to vilify. Yeah. Like good. Like I love learning from Sharon says so from Dr. Becky. So I want to follow some gurus, mm-hmm. but I can follow all of them. And I can just check in periodically. I don't have to be every single day. I, I can just go and learn when I have the space and the time for it. Also getting on people's email lists yeah. is a good way yeah. to know like, okay, okay maybe I'm not going to see every single post that this educator puts up. That I really appreciate. But like, if I get on their email list, I'm going to at least get the highlights probably of yeah. what they teach podcast. So I'm going to get the highlights of what they teach. And so that can kind of release if you're someone like me that loves the education aspect of social media, that sort of slower pace of reading their email is less anxiety producing for me than the scroll of social media all the time. Yeah, that's such a good tip. I know you and I both have email newsletters and enjoy writing and connecting with people that way too. So that is a great way to keep learning and This is awesome. Is there any last thoughts that you want to end on? I mean, I think that I just learned that it was worth it to me and it was a big experiment, but at the end of it, I'm feeling like, yeah, I want to keep that up. I'm not interested in like jumping back in and headlong like I was before. And so it was worthwhile. I do think it had that positive domino effect on the other areas of my life that I talked about. And I feel more connected to my kids. I feel like I'm getting better sleep at night, which makes me feel better because I'm not scrolling late into the night. It's been a great positive domino to spend less time on my phone. So I recommend to anybody who's considering setting a goal like this for themselves. Mm, I love that. So good. Thanks so much, Rachel, for taking time to share all this with us. And you guys can find Rachel at 3 and 30 Podcast. All of her podcast episodes are amazing. They share best tips for moms. And of course, you can find me at Better Screen Time. And I can also help you with managing your own tech habits, too. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, everybody.
Thanks so much, Andrea. So that was a little sneak peek into my experiences with technology over the past 18 months or so. It is a constant up and down with so many lessons learned, and I am not done working on this. I want to use my phone in a way that's in line with my values and in a way that I would want for my children to use their personal devices when they are a bit older. Noah is 11 now, and I have no plans to get him a phone anytime soon, but I know the time will come before I know it, and I want to do my part to model for him how to develop this conscious, values-aligned relationship with technology. This is no easy task, and as part of my ongoing journey with this, I'm going to be diving deep into Andrea's online course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family. I would love for you to join me. The course is on sale right now for 20% off, and you can get an additional 10% off with my affiliate code 3in30. Go to 3in30podcast.com slash tech to learn more about how to create a tech healthy family. I'll be rooting for you all the way. Friend, I know you are doing so much better than you think you are. Be good to yourself. Believe in your ability to change if some changes need to be made. You are an awesome mom, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.